This week from GNC Week in Review, powered by geeknewscentral.com. Apple brings in M1. YouTube had a global outage, outage, and a customer had a sideways misfortune with T-Mobile. Those are some of the tech news. Wow. <laughs> Those are some of the tech news stories from this week, and it's Friday, November 13th, 2020. It's an unlucky day for me, this intro. <laughs> my, na- my name is Kirk Corliss, along with... I'm Scott Ertz. And this is episode 76 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. We are streaming live at gncweekly.com forward slash live as well as Facebook Live. So please be sure to say hello in chat or comment. Uh, also, be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WIR channel on YouTube. If you missed a live video, that's okay. You can always catch the replay later. If you are a new listener, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find in the right-hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite po- or your favorite podcast app. If you have a comment, be it on social media or email, and all those links can be found at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. A little bit of light news again this week, uh, and election's over. We all we all know who won. <laughs> but for some reason, uh, there's been light tech news or something's been going on, which involves politics and, and tech, but it's very <laughs> long and went boring, so I didn't want to... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we don't we don't want to deal with allegations of of computers changing votes and exactly Facebook and Twitter screwing around. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why it's uh, it's light um, for this week. Um, But there is tech news on the list. And the top story this week um, was Apple's one more thing event held on Tuesday. And their one big thing, or their yeah, the one big thing was uh, Apple's uh, Apple's M1. It's their priority chip that will be powering the next line of Macs. The M1 is a five millimeter millimeter chip with nanometer. Six, nanometer. <laughs> See, <laughs> Friday thirteenth. I can't get my words right. Nanometer okay. chip. Thank you. <laughs> with sixteen billion transistors, a sixteen core neural engine to power machine learning capabilities, support for Thunderbolt four and an eight core CPU and GPU. In terms of the processing power, the M1 has four high performance cores and four high efficiency cores that consume one tenth of energy, reserved for lightweight tasks. Meanwhile, the uh, the core GPU is the most advanced integrated graphics pa- graphics processor Apple has ever created. It's from Apple, and, uh, and use a fraction of the power of the leading of leading PC chips. And here, I hate it when they say that because, hmm. of course, it's the most powerful one you've ever made. You idiots! You're not going to come out with a less powerful one than the last one. Okay, let's. I may have frozen up. <laughs> you, hey, I'm you back. frozen up. You're back. It has. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have I have Avram's problem on this show for for thirty seconds a show. I freeze up. I don't know why. Um, but I hate it when Apple says that. They say it all the time. This is the most advanced iPhone we've ever made. Of course mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> of course it is. It's the new one. 
Why would the new one be less powerful than the old one? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's such a dumb thing to say out loud. <laughs> well, that's where that's where Apple's commenting, uh, commenting, saying all this. Um, now, the, <laughs> now they uh, they say that the new MacBook Air is ninety eight percent faster than PC laptops sold in the previous year, and nine times faster than most recent Air. Speaking of Air, this one does not have a fan. Uh, it also has faster wake-up times, upgraded retina display, and the longest battery life its predecessors. The uh, Apple says the battery can handle 18 hours of HV, 18 hours of HD video playback, six more hours than existing models. The 2020 MacBook Air costs $999 and starts shipping on November 17th, which is this upcoming Tuesday. Um, now, this is a price for a mod model with a 7-core GPU uh, to get a version that takes the full advantage of the M1. That will cost $1,249. Um, <clears throat> there's the MacBook 13-inch Mac Pro um, saying that it's 2. Point <laughs> You're going to love this. 2 point times faster than the existing model. And even uh, according to Apple, again, according to Apple, even three times faster than the best-selling comparable Windows laptop. <laughs> it's well, they, I, I, I do appreciate that they make that qualification, that it's the best-selling comparable right. Windows laptop, because that right. means that it's the cheapest in the category. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> Right, <laughs> so they're really they're really tooting their own horn. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're three we're three times faster than the than right. the cheapest mid range computer. Great, exactly. <laughs> my also my first gen Surface Book is probably three times faster than the cheapest mid range <laughs> laptop. Right. <laughs> um, also, that supports 18 hours of wireless web browsing and 20 hours of video playback. And this one does have a fan. Um, they're saying the M1 chip also enables machine learning power up to 11 times faster than existing Pro. The Pro starts at <laughs> the Pro starts at one. Uh, yeah, the Pro starts at 12.99 for model with 258 gigs or of RAM, 258 gigs of storage. Excuse me. And eight gigs of RAM, and that figure climbs to fourteen. I'm sorry, fourteen fourteen nine nine for five hundred twelve gigs of storage, and this is available order right now, and also hit stores on this coming Tuesday. There is the Mac Mini. Um, it's also getting M1. Um, this starts at seven hundred at seven hundred dollars. Apple's is saying, <laughs> also, um, this is all from Apple. Um, they're saying that 60, it is 60% more efficient and three times faster than the 2018 iteration. Um, this has a, a six-fold increase in graphics performance and a 15 times increase in machine learning capability. The Mac Mini, <clears throat> excuse me, comes into two into two uh, storages, um, or size, excuse me, um, 256 gigabytes of storage and eight gigs of RAM for $699. Or 512 gigs of storage for 899. There's also the Intel version as well. No other announcements. No headphones. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. They're still going to have an Intel version of that, right? Huh. And cheaper. Okay. Yep. So I wonder no if the other... Intel version is the last version. I wonder if they're going to maintain the old version. Mm, good question. Or a slightly modernized, keep everything the same, but put a newer chipset in it. 
and mm-hmm. and you know sell it as the old model right interesting well wouldn't be a bad idea right but also too there wasn't really anything there wasn't really anything else announced um no headphones no other iterations it was just basically they were just going over those three things and they were this is I what saw. i suspected mm-hmm. this is what i expected you know the the headphones were a a, a far out idea it was called one more thing right. and computers was the one more thing that i said on the last show i'm like it's going right. to be computers 100 mm-hmm. we're going to see uh apple powered computers we might see headphones and there's no way we'll see the ar glasses but i'd like to mm-hmm. <laughs> right i'd still like to but yeah i mean this was a, this was their third announcement over the past couple of months they announced yeah. the iphone what was it last was it a few weeks ago or last month was it it's been more it's been at okay. least a month because they came okay. out in two batches and the new batch right. shipped today Right, that's right. That's right. I'm getting my uh my dates mixed up <laughs> for <know>. some reason. <laughs> yeah, we saw the iPhones and the iPads. Right. We saw the watch, the new home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. the home pod. Oh my god, I can't believe they're still trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that was it. So, all well, then, hopefully, uh, well, we'll see what happens uh, in 2021 with only one event, and hopefully, everything will be opened up and we can see everything live. And uh, fingers crossed. Okay. In fairness, they do normally have uh, at least two presentations because um, mm-hmm. they don't usually do computers and uh, phones and tablets together. Um, but we also don't see three events. Um, within two yeah, months, a single breath, <laughs> right? Right. Well, usually their events at the Apple at the um Steve Steve Jobs Theater was like literally, um, everything, Apple Watch, um, uh, iPad. Phone, I mean, they, the phone, phone, excuse and, me, phone, phone, and, phone and watch in September, uh, computers and tablets in uh May, uh, right at uh. uh at WWDC, right? Okay. Ta- ta- okay. Tablets, tablets, and computers tend to be at uh, WWDC. Phones and watches tend to be at the September event. Uh, okay. Um, which they were not this year. They were in October, and uh, right. one of the models didn't launch until the middle of November. So okay. I could have sworn they've been all thrown off this year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I could have sworn one year they did announce literally iPad, um, iPhone, iPad. They went through the whole gambit for. And uh, the line of the park lineup from one end to the other. I can't remember it, how long ago it was. I think it was like a year two ago. They it, had that whole long. Well, it was like an hour forty-five plus event. So, so um, sometimes if Less- they decide to refresh the iMac, um, they'll do that at the September event. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, mm-hmm. basically WWDC is for professionals, and September is for consumers. Right. So if they're doing a new iMac, you'll see that happen uh at, okay. in september if they're doing a regular consumer ipad you might see that in september but usually that Got stuff it. happens in at wwdc which i okay. think is usually may ish they both mm-hmm. got canceled this year so right right hence the, the virtual and when i was seeing the live the live um well, i actually caught the replay i mean it was impre- impressively done shot and yeah the and... production's been bizarrely good like they mm-hmm. put 
way more time than they need to into it for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that they've got people who are bored. <laughs> <laughs> And they've got literally nothing else to work on. And so they're mm-hmm. just overproducing these things, which is right. fine. I mean, they're yeah. beautiful and fun to watch, but mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely overproduced. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of people are saying they're wanting more. The drone bouncing around right. the, 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 the campus and like crashing into the window and boom, now you're inside. That's way overproduced. <laughs> uh, and the shot. Oh, the one shot where uh, where Tim looked like he was in a hallway, but the trees weren't moving outside. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> we were we were watching that uh, myself and and some of the people at my client. Uh, we were watching it together and and laughing. We're like, "Hey, do you see any trees moving? That's mm-hmm. a weird static green screen shot. Well, couldn't they have set up a camera and just recorded for 10 minutes and used that as the background? No. And I noticed the, use the still shot. And I and I noticed the people on when Twitter were like making fun of that, you know, where they're thinking it's green, you know, the green screen in the background and why isn't the trees yeah, about the trees not moving and it's that was like, my favorite. <laughs> Oh, but I was wondering, you know, with this this year when I was catching when I caught the replay, um, the um, when they opened up the doors into the cafeteria, like why opening, why opening up and like you're having a great, you're having a big big event, you know, and you're thinking it's going to be pomp and circumstance. I had a beautiful shot going in, but then the doors open and it's like it's the cafeteria. It's like what, <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> Who knows? Oh my goodness gracious. That was that was that was the funny part. My that was the funny part when I saw it. I'm like, wait, what? Where am I? I'm in the in the cafeteria. I'm like, I wanted to, you know, uh, pick up an order to go. <laughs> uh, yikes! <laughs> Sorry, that one hit me late. Thank you. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Same. This is <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on. Other news this week. Um, and this was very uh, disheartening for me, and I imagine a lot of people. Wednesday night. Right around seven o'clock uh, Eastern time, for two hours, uh, YouTube and YouTube YouTube TV was unavailable to its users. Uh, Ten minutes here- after I went off the air, <laughs> <laughs> we were done at seven. It went down at seven ten. Right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. I promise. No, it wasn't. No, you know what? And here's the thing: when I when I was watching some on YouTube, it it was doing the spinning wheel of death, and I'm like. All right, I refreshed the browser. I restarted. I literally did the following steps. Refresh the browser, close the tab, reopen the tab, spinning wheel of death. Did, I mean, I must have did that n- numerous times. Powered down the computer, rebooted it. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's another video. Nope. <laughs> Try another video. Nope. <laughs> Nothing happened. So apparently... Um, the, this, apparently the outage did not appear to have limited to any particular market or region. YouTube's team, YouTube's team acknowledged the issue within 10 minutes or so, the spike on down detector and YouTube TV chimed in an hour later to acknowledge that the unexplained issue brought it down as well. Just over two hours after the initial spike of user reports, Team YouTube assured users that the server was back online, though with no explanation whatsoever about what went wrong and how the problem had fixed. 
either on his Twitter accounts or in the support thread open to keep users apprised of the out of status. And I was looking on Twitter for about maybe an hour and there was a page and page full of people saying what's what happened, what's going on. And some people were complaining that their, their videos got pulled. But I was like, wow, that it spread like wildfire. And of course, I went to bed late. So <laughs> after trying... <laughs> So I was watching, I was watching, um, I was watching Amazon Prime the rest of the night. <laughs> I was, uh, I was scrolling through some of the comments and uh, it was, it was a ton of fun uh, to, to read comments like they're doing you a favor. <laughs> uh, a lot of people were, were saying you should adjust my bill for the inconvenience, which I saw that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're killing me come on prices go up we lose fox sports and now i can't even watch tv (laughs) oh i understand it uh i can understand the frustration i Mm -hmm. always call my cable company when i have outages and they and make them credit me back for any time i was down Mm -hmm. um so i get it 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 sucks and you know technology sucks and Mm -hmm. It's 2020 and right. <laughs> it's, right. <laughs> it's just what, what it is. Um, in addition, um, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about this originally, but no. um, uh, YouTube music uh, was having uh, issues as well. It wasn't just YouTube and YouTube TV. YouTube music was struggling as well. Okay. Uh, it didn't seem to go down entirely, but it was definitely choked. Mm. So I don't, I don't use YouTube music, but um, but I guess well they're well they're doing away with, um, they're doing with away with Google Music or oh, Google I've got Play the, Music, right? Google Play Music and Go going on. to yeah. So and yeah, like I said, it's 2020. What else could possibly? What else could nope. possibly go don't wrong? Don't say that. It is Friday the 13th in 2020. Shut your mouth. <laughs> it's actually funny. <laughs> we sent we sent out a um, uh, Terry sent out a Roboticon email uh, earlier today that said, um, uh, "Sorry to be getting to." Oh no, she sent it out yesterday. That said, uh, "Sorry to be getting to you late. Um, we're gonna I'm gonna send out the full schedule of events." Uh, tomorrow, Friday the 13th, which I'm sure means nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I laugh. That was, which I'm sure means nothing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, this is a, this is a very weird, I'm um, see, this is why, you know, like my, when I botched up the intro and, and I'm, t- I'm like jumping over my words, of course, I've done that before, but not in rapid <laughs> succession over the past uh, 20 over the past 20 minutes so so i'm i'm hey if i'm gonna if i'm gonna jinx it screw it i'm gonna <laughs> so be it might as well do it exactly exactly lean into it there you go all right very good all right also uh excuse me in other news this week um now you know when someone says you can't always get something for free well apparently um uh, there's a customer in uh, this was reported on wcbb and tb in um, boston where um, a basically a long story, short story, long story is going to be short. Um, apparently, um, her um, this um, couple um, received a or her husband, excuse me, how has been a wife. Her husband received a promotional tech from team text from T-Mobile offering their couple the chance to add a line to their account for free. No strings attached. 
Um, and the the wife thought it'd be a nice thing to have a separate line for work because she works in um, in foster care. Um, her husband called ahead of time. They said everything was fine. It was an it was a true a true offer. All they had to do was pay for the SIM card and activation fee was about three dollars. She also said she also um, also ended up buying a new phone, which was her choice for about five hundred dollars. She thought that she was going to be expecting the the monthly cost of the line to be free based on her experience with T-Mobile. Uh, the customer service rep looked up the account, said everything was fine. And then a few weeks later, they got their next bill. It was it it was from $89 per month, but jumped to $147 that month. And T-Mobile's then charging them $3 a month for a new line, which wasn't free. Uh, the wife was very pissed, rightfully so. So she called T-Mobile and she said that uh, she said that at the time the company told her that she did not qualify or, or the plan that they had did not qualify a free line. And um, they said it was their mistake. They said there was T-Mobile said it was sorry. There's nothing we can do about it. So they're wondering um, why this there was a there was a plan, a 55 plus package. And apparently she was told a couple several times that it was free. And then um, T-Mobile initially told the couple that they were out of luck. She couldn't take back the phone. And they only offered line for free for six months. So she filed complaints with the FCC, the Massachusetts Attorney General, um, and also um, WCBB-TV New Center 5. So when New Center 5 contacted T-Mobile, the company um, offered to pay the, off the balance of the phone. She had her plan, saving the, the couple about $300. The, the company also took down the price of the new line down to $10 a month, still not free. So uh, this story ran for a day or two. Uh, and then T-Mobile responded to New Center 5 WCDB-TV and says that they now admit that the promotional offer is sent to the couple and countless others apparently were sent in error because customers with 55-plus or military packages only qualify and since the the um, new uh, since WCBB reported that story, they received a lot of emails from other unhappy T-Mobile customers across the country. Um, the customers had a range of issues with with T-Mobile, but had a um, had a common thread: a promo sent out by T-Mobile that didn't meet expectations. And um, T-Mobile says it's working to make the um, the cust- impact of customers whole, and they're also trying to reach out to the couple. And so if customers um, have been affected, they should file complaints with their state attorney general's office and the Federal Communications Commission. Now, for someone that works for a company that, see, we're, we're to, companies are told employees like myself about po- not necessarily policies, but things that are for customers, and we have to follow them. So th- this customer, basically the customer did everything right, reached out to several times different representatives. They told them were they were told they were fine. So I don't really blame the representatives because they're doing as they're told. I blame, you know, in this case, T-Mobile because you can't because and a lot of times these promos, you don't read the fine print and the customer somehow gets screwed. Yeah. So there's a couple problems here. Um, and this is based on old knowledge because I haven't I haven't sold T-Mobile devices in like a decade. But I can tell you that the last time that I did uh, T-Mobile's activation system was terrible. Mm. Um, 
and in fact um did not give um salespeople a warning that you were if you were adding a um promo that wasn't compatible um i have sold all of the major companies at one point or another and i can tell you that at&t's um verizon's and sprint's systems if you try and add a promo that isn't compatible it will let you know uh t-mobile's did not and i suspect that might be part of what happened here because the reps they come in look i got a text message says i can get a free thing great let's give you the free thing Mm -hmm. they don't but the system doesn't tell them that they don't now in fairness if you work for t-mobile you know that their system is garbage Mm -hmm. and so i can tell you that Anytime I I printed out a contract before I marked it as signed in the system, I read it mm-hmm. in detail. I mm-hmm. knew all the places that were adjustable, and I looked to make sure that the system hadn't just lied to me. But I know not everybody is necessarily diligent in the stores because they get busy. Um, but there's, I think there is obviously plenty of minor blame to go around here. I think all of, but it all stems back to uh, faultiness on T-Mobile's side. Right. Yeah. And I, cause again, and a lot of times when they're, when they're, when I, the, with the company that I work for, um, when I'm dealing with customers and they want to know certain things, you know, and we explain it to them, but also too, when they want to order something, um, again, a lot of things that they'll say, even on, t- even on TV, when they put a, um, when they show it, when they show something that it's like a hundred dollars, but you know, on the bottom of the screen in really tiny, uh-huh. tiny, tiny, small print, you know, and if you look at it, well, obviously if you look at it really close, you'll go blind on TV. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you look really, really close, it'll tell you, you know, excluding sales tax, federal tax, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. So it's not, it's really it's yes it's one price but you're including all these other charges also yeah um so i always tell my customers you know always read you know read the uh the contract very carefully um you know if you have any questions you know call you know but don't let it the bill go or you know and, and if you're under contract and you're like and if you want to leave you know you have pay penalties on it as well so yep, unless unless you get out within 14 days, which is too quick for a bill to come. Oops. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So do I recommend do due diligence when um when if they uh you know to make double check make sure, but also in this instance, I mean blamed is sprinkled throughout, but I think that if the representatives looking at information presented to them, you know, then and a system that <clears throat> refuses to counter that information. Exactly. 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 So always just, do, but so hopefully this couple um, gets things, <coughs> excuse me, straightened out. And, you know, so if there's anything, so uh, we'll, we'll have the story up and link up in the, um, in the show notes that you can check. I, I think this is a, an easy case for them uh, to, to win with T-Mobile because mm-hmm. T-Mobile sent them a directed text message right knowing the details of their plan right they knowingly whether it was an accident or not Mm -hmm. they they actively sent a misleading 
advertisement, directed advertisement to these people's phones. Mm-hmm. That's T-Mobile's fault. That's false advertising. Right. I mean, I, Pepsi made a joke in a commercial and lost a false advertising uh, claim and uh, had to pay a guy the value of a stealth bomber. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, if Pepsi could lose that obvious joke, uh, and then, I got uh, it. then anything, anything's possible. I mean, I, everybody knew that you couldn't actually redeem Pepsi points for a stealth bomber. Mm. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But the guy had enough points. Mm-hmm. The 30 Rock joke on that where, where uh, he won Jenna Maroney was wonderful. Mm. And so timely, like 20 years later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. In Google News this week, um, staff writer Jen Thorpe with GeekNewsCentral.com is reporting that Google is announcing changes to Google's photos storage policy. Now, this may affect people who have posted a lot of videos, photos there, but the change will not take place immediately. Starting on June 1st, 2021, any new photos and videos you upload will count toward the 15 gigabyte storage that comes with every Google account or the additional storage you've purchased as a Google One customer. Google has saying, quote, we know there's a big shift and may come as a surprise, so we want to let you know well in advance and give you resources to make this easier. In the same posting from the blog post, excuse me, um, Google has clarified clarified any photos or videos you upload in high quality before June 1st, 2021 will not count toward your 15 gigabyte of free storage. This means that photos and videos backed up before June 1st, 2021 will still become considered free and exempt from the storage limit. You can verify your backup quality at any time in the Photos app by going back by in the Photos app by going to Backup and Sync in Settings. The Verge is also reporting that Pixel owners, which I'm one, <laughs> will still be able to upload high quality, not original photos, bummer, for free after June 1st without those images going against their cap. The Verge also noted that it appears that Google hopes to influence people to switch from Google's Photos to Google One. Um, the price starts at $1.99 per month uh, for one gigabytes and has tier 100. 100 gigabytes. Yes. <laughs> See? No, not one gigabytes. 100. Excuse me. 100. See? <laughs> one, is, one is singular. Right. Wouldn't be gigabytes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm going about to about to see. Again, I jinxed myself, and I'm going to keep going. 100 gigabytes. And has tiers going through 200 gigabytes, $2.99 a month, two terabytes, $9.99 a month, and up to 30 terabytes, $149 a month. Oh, what a bummer. Well, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, and let's uh let's go go all in with uh with gnc right now let's todd always says the most expensive thing there is on the web is storage mm-hmm. yep um and so anybody and he tells people this all the time anybody who's offering you storage for free will not 
do that forever mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at some point. Uh, it's not going to work. I have a quote that I have used. We used to use it to, uh, to talk about um, Metro PCS when they got started down here. Um, people would say, oh, but it's so popular. Yeah, well, if I sold, sold dollar bills for 90 cents, it's going to be popular, but eventually the dollar bills are going to run out. And, and that's what happened with with Metro, which is why they sold to T-Mobile. It's what's happening here. The the division has run out of dollar bills to sell for ninety cents, mm-hmm. and so uh, at least you're going to get to keep the fifteen gigs for free. Yeah, at least you know, at least they're not taking away the fifteen and knocking it down to five like Microsoft did on OneDrive at one point. Mm-hmm. They what? used to give fifteen and then drop it to five. Well, I have, um, well, I have Google One, so, um, and I have the, I have the one hundred gigabyte, one hundred gigabyte, <laughs> not one gigabyte. <laughs> um, and but honestly, I don't really use. Um, I like, I, I didn't. I have Google. I have a lot of photos on a lot of photos on Google Photos. Um, I'm not really, um, as far as not losing, as far as not losing the, um, the. Uh, the high quality, it's not really a big concern for me unless I was like really like a, as a, like a photographer, you know, or something of that nature, then yeah, I would be kind of bummed, you know, about that. But I guess, the, I guess, you know, your, your mileage may vary. You know, there's some people that enjoy having those high quality vi- photos and videos. Some do not. So it depends on, you know, which, you know, which side you roll. Sure. Um, and and you know, really, a buck ninety nine for a hundred gig is kind of, kind of your default. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's what uh, it's what Microsoft charges. It's what Google charges. I think it's what Apple charges. Um, mm-hmm. It's a pretty, it's a pretty standard standard price. Um, though, uh, I am still impressed that Google is still at fifteen for the <laughs> for the free account because Microsoft and Apple both cut that. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, you know, it this was inevitable. Um because storage is expensive and yep. Google, just like Microsoft offering all their things early on with OneDrive, right? They were trying to get people to use it. Well, Google got people to use their thing. Now they're kind of locked in and it's uh time to turn it into a business instead of a toy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I have for the docs, um, you know, for our intro and rundowns, I use Dropbox because I'm using stuff for GNC to, if I, if with uh, any coverage for CES and stuff, I can just put it all there and, and I'm still a happy puppy because <laughs> I'm not using a whole bunch of storage for it. <laughs> so Makes sense. Yep. All right. Very good. Okay. Other news this week, the number of broadband power users, so these are people who use one terabyte or more per month, has doubled over the past year, ensuring that ISPs will be able to make more money from data caps. In Q3 of this year, 8.8% of broadband subscribers use at least one terabyte per month, up from 4.2% in Q3 2019. This is from a study releasing released by Open Vault, <coughs> excuse me, Open Vault is a vendor 
It sells a data data usage tracking platform to cable, fiber, and wireless ISPs, and has 150 operators as customers worldwide. Ah, so it's their fault. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> yep. The <coughs> excuse me, the eight point and eight point eight and four point two percent figures refer to U.S. customers only. Uh, and this is from uh, a spokesperson for Open Vault that told um, Ars Technica. More people, more customers, excuse me, exceeding their data caps result in more overcharges paid to ISPs. Isn't that great? That imposes monthly data caps. And we talked about about what happened with a Comcast or um, um, it was Cox Communications, I think, out, down um, who went over their limit and and slow down everyone else's speed. Um Higher usage can also boost ISP revenue because people using more data tend to subscribe to higher speed packages. Um, Open Vault CEO Mark Trudeau says in a press release, quote, as traffic exploded during the pandemic, data aggregated from our network management tools confirms the value of usage-based billing and prompting subscribers to soften line or speed their speed plans with their composition consumption, excuse me, this helps ISPs boost their average revenue per user. Com customers of Comcast and other ISPs get a break from data caps for a few months this year when operators pledge to suspend the limits during the pandemic, but Comcast reinstated its data cap for customer cable customer cable customers on July 1st, and AT&T reinstated data caps on DSL and fixed wireless customers. Why, surprise, surprise, currently AT&T is scheduled to reimpose data caps on fiber to the home and fiber to node customers on January 1. Comcast did raise monthly cap from 1 terabyte to 1.2 terabyte on July 1st, so not all terabyte users have to pay overcharges. Well, isn't that lovely? Comcast also lowered their their price unlimited data from $50 to $30 a month or $25 for customers who lease an uh, XFi gateway. Without the unlimited data, without the unlimited data, without the unlimited data upgrade, Comcast overcharges are ten dollars for each additional block of fifty gigabytes. AT and T imposes monthly data caps of one hundred and fifty gigabytes on DSL, two fifty gigabytes on fixed wireless, and one terabyte on faster wireline services. OpenVault said the average U.S. broadband household uses three hundred eighty-four gigabytes a month, up from 257 gigabyte a year ago. The median figures were 229 gigabytes up from 174 gigabytes a year ago. Usage increases happen every year, but OpenVault says this year's boost was fueled partly by the pandemic. So, so you have a you have a a tale of two story of tale of two tales or stories or <laughs> a tale of two sides here. So. So the pandemic, everyone's working from home, increased internet usage and, and gobble up data. Then you have the other side of the coin where you have um, AT&T, Verizon, I imagine, Comcast, um, and saying, cha-ching. <laughs> all all thanks to our to our friends at OpenVault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> so... I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm I, I know I'm an odd user and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. But a terabyte doesn't seem like that much data. To really? Me. 
I'm I'm fully aware that an hour with Avram, I use a little over twenty gig. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just for an hour of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, a terabyte is four hundred hours of uh of HD video if you were to stream it straight through. So thirteen and a half hours a day is. Mm. which is i mean not not likely for most people to do just that but you know right. when you have more than one person in the house all of a sudden that goes down to you know seven six <laughs> and three quarters uh and that's more likely now you've got three four people in the house that aren't leaving everybody's watching something now right. you're down to three hours per person per day. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That seems pretty doable. Right. I so think... I can see, I can see how that number has gone up okay. uh, double. I totally get that. And I'm certainly in that number already. I'm in that 4% from before. <laughs> okay. Um, Cause I think that I probably with my internet usage here, I think I'm about maybe with the working from home, yeah, yeah, I would say about the same. I think I'll maybe probably I'll drastically a lot, maybe a fraction from eight months ago or however, how long we've been in this working from home. I lost count and I lost track of days and time. And yeah. <laughs> so, so I, so I think, and I know that, um, and I know that when I had to bump, I had to increase with Blueberry our uh, my our, our hosting. So I think I had to pay additional for it because it's, it was four hundred. I think it was 400 megs, so I had to increase the hosting, which hopefully um, – so, yeah, I would think um, – yeah, I think I'll be that about right. And I think – I don't know. With this video, it's um, pushed. Hmm. Not to look and see. That's, I never thought of that. But I didn't think I'll be that much, but I'll have to look and see. Check. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting to, to take those numbers and start, you know, messing with them. I love to do that, you know. So 400 hours of HD video seems crazy. Right. Right up until you have four people in the house mm-hmm. <laughs> and you knock it down right. to three hours per person. Well, I'm by my, you know, just myself, I've got at least 12 mm. <laughs> just of that with no other internet usage. Mm. Uh, so yeah, for sure. I'm, I was in that 4% before this year. <laughs> luckily i don't have data caps because spectrum doesn't have data caps right today today right there you go i think i'm why verizon and and you know ditto on knocking on wood um yeah i don't have any data caps and you know time only time only tell but um frontier fios is the same way uh no Mm -hmm. data caps right now yeah, you know, something tells me that you know that there that something tells me I'm not going to you know jinx it or anything, but something tells me that you know they're noticing other companies are you know doing have imposing data caps for the past you know few years. Something tells me it's going to happen. You know, not probably maybe in the future. You know, may, maybe, but then there's then there's the fact that you know it's it's so synonymous with Comcast and mm-hmm. Comcast is one of the three most hated companies in mm-hmm. the country. Yep. So 
you know, you take those types of things into consideration too. You know, do you want to be associated with a feature that is so synonymous with the most hated telecom in the country? Right. Maybe not. Maybe you want to stand out from them and show Mm -hmm. that you're better than they are. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) All right. Also this week, um, Amazon is recalling approximately 350,000 ring video doorbells. The second generation that are sold that were sold through Amazon.com, Ring.com, and at third-party electronics and home and home goods stores in the United States and Canada between June and October of this year. And real quick, let's clarify: uh, that's home goods stores, uh, lowercase letters, not the store home goods. Right. Um, <laughs> so, just because you didn't buy it at that store, uh, this this could still apply to you. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Just to get some clarification. Thank you. Um, the company made a decision after receiving reports of 85 incidents tied to incorrectly installed doorbells, 23 of which involve doorbells igniting and causing minor property damage, in addition to eight reports of minor burns. According to the Consumer Product Safety Commission, CPSC, <clears throat> Excuse me, the videos, video doorbell's battery can overheat if the wrong type of screws are in, used to install the device, posing fire, posing fire and burn hazards. As a result, the CPSC advises that consumers immediately stop installing the recalled video doorbells. <clears throat> Excuse me, a spokesperson for Ring provided um, Fast Company with the following statement. Quote, the safety of our customers is our top priority. We have we have and continue to work cooperatively, cooperatively with the CPSC on this issue and have contacted customers who purchase a Ring video doorbell, second gen, to ensure they receive the updated user manual and follow the device follow the device installation follow the device installation instructions. Customers do not need to return their devices. Um, so whoever ha- whomever has a second generation ring video doorbell, uh, I'll have a, we'll have a link up in the show notes to go to the ring website. There's a phone number to call, um, from 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern time, seven days a week. Um, there's also the company's website and I'll, we'll have a link in the show notes uh, that you can fill out uh, if need be. So, so a couple of things here. Uh, the, the minor property damage is six one thousandths of a percent of the the unit sold Mm -hmm. um so it is definitely a statistical anomaly so that's a good thing Mm -hmm. um but you know cars get recalled for much lower percentages than that Mm -hmm. um so it's six and a half thousandths of a percent um which is statistically insignificant in normal situations obviously Uh, there's fire damage here so that's mm-hmm. not that's not insignificant um interestingly we talked about uh something similar to this um on our uh, roboticon stream last night um one of the one of the companies that's been using uh amrock um literally uh tested uh, the product they were selling was uh, burning out and having their scorch marks inside the body. And it turned out that the, uh, that the power port was 
uh, a little too universal oh, wow. <laughs> for the amount of voltage that it required. Mm. Uh, and so people were just plugging in the wrong charger and blowing them up. Mm. Um, and so the solution was to update the manual. <laughs> exact same thing that, that Amazon's doing here um, right. it, to update the manual. That was, that was the solution there too. Uh, it won't prevent it entirely, but it definitely puts a legal barrier in there. You didn't follow the instructions. It's your fault. So there's at least a little bit, a little bit there. And that's for those of you who don't read the manual. Here's the reason why you do, especially instruction, uh, installation manuals. Right. Right. Good safety tip. (laughs) I've been doing a lot of smart home stuff lately and I read the, even non-smart home. I put a a doorknob uh, on one of the push pull rotates. Mm Mm-hmm. And I read every step <laughs> before I started to make sure I wasn't going to use the wrong screw or something like that. And it wasn't going to work. Uh, and when I put my my smart lock on, it was definitely every step to make sure I used the right screw. So I didn't accidentally, you know, put a screw through a circuit board, which is my guess is what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Either through a circuit board or it's uh, making contact and grounding out behind uh, on the body. That's my guess. Well, with me, I when it comes to installing anything, I suck. So I will hire someone to do it. <laughs> because if I look, if I look at, I mean, I do, you know, with when it comes to products, um, TVs and phones and things of that nature, you know, I'll I'll look at the. Speaking of which, I, <laughs> pro, I was programming Verizon Fios TV um, to I can't remember uh, what it was for. And oh, my mom's oh, it was my mom. Um, her um, her my one of our cats sat down on the remote, <laughs> wiped out everything. <laughs> so I had to take the remote, <laughs> and I had to like figure out what happened. The manual don't even the manual wasn't even like the manual wasn't even like irrelevant relevant at this point. <laughs> so I had to find out the name of the, the brand of the model of the TV. I had to think there was like multiple codes to inputting. <laughs> yeah, TV. welcome to Universal Remotes. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so I'm pressing how many buttons? Then power, then power up and down, and up and down, and I'm like, Scott, it took me an hour <laughs> yeah it used to take me an hour to teach people how to do that they'd come in with their universal remote i don't know what i'm doing it doesn't work right did you program it i don't know what you're talking about all right let me show you how this works right <laughs> my mom's head was like right, right like the, <laughs> or it's like about the smoke coming out of her ears watching me plugging everything in and finally after an hour later I said, screw this. I'm like, let me go to the app. Okay, here's what it is. Boom, done. I I used to know all the codes uh, for the Bright House remotes for yeah. Samsung TVs. Jeez. I knew them offhand. There must have been, there's got to be at least, from when I saw the manual, on the manual for codes, it had been 200 different codes. Oh, at least. Oh, There were, there were 22 oh. for Samsung TVs. Oh, at the time oh it was like i and i'm looking and i'm like what in god's name am i doing and i just went to the app i saw exactly what i do and i said i said cat get that out of here yeah huh <laughs> she literally he literally said i know i don't know how he did it it's like if you're watching the video like i don't know 
you know, give an example real quick. So this is for an example with my phone, but this is kind of like remote. Sat completely flat like this and mashed. I don't know what buttons would he mashed on. And I had to literally like try to punch in all these different things. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> so I'm like, cat, like I said, you know, get out. But there you go. Okay. Yeah. And he had to hold him down for a few seconds, <laughs> right. which is even better. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right awesome all right other than news week on tuesday amc launched it launched its private theater rental programs nationwide after its initial test program in october garnered interest from 110,000 movie movie-goers, which more than quadruple amc theater rental requests in all of 2019 in its last bid to survive, AMC is now allowing guests to book a private showing for up to 20 people at any of its 600 theaters around the country for a starting price of $99. For new releases such as Tenet or The War with Grandpa, prices start at $149 plus tax, up to $349 plus tax, depending on location and theaters. The cost comes up cost comes up to 20 tickets, but want more does not include food or beverages. As customers head back to the theaters, AMC says the program will quote strangely enforce the company's safe and clean policies and protocols. This includes mandatory masks and appropriate social distancing within the auditorium. Uh, this is according to AMC. Depending on state and local directives, some theaters uh, may limit the guest count to fewer than 20 guests. Uh, consumers can book private showings online by by showings online or by using the AMC Theaters mobile app. However, AMC saying um, rentals must be it must be made at least one day in advance and are quote subject to availability at the theater. My AMC theater in Hamilton is officially closed. <laughs> so I cannot go to that one. I have to go to one two towns over. And I'm not spending $100 or more, <laughs> excluding food and popcorn, to rent a movie theater. Hard pass. <laughs> well, why not? It's like $8 per ticket if you have 20 people. If you get a small group together, it's less than a regular movie ticket. And you don't have to deal with kids texting during the movie. Good point, but again, that excludes the, the the popcorn and the soda. Yeah, so does a normal ticket. That's also true. <laughs> That's also true, right? I, I'm I'm actually impressed by that price. Um, I'm surprised it's that low. I understand they're just trying to pay rent at this point, um, and that yeah, totally get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am on the website right now. Mm-hmm. Um, checking what the price at my uh at my local theater would be let's see uh 2 p.m in palm harbor tomorrow continue uh i could see the minions which is like 30 years old for 99 bucks <laughs> The original Guardians of the Galaxy for ninety nine, but uh, 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 let him go. The War with Grandpa uh, are one forty nine. 
They got they got Toy Story for ninety nine bucks. Can you the imagine original? getting a yeah the original? Holy yeah. Crap. Can can you imagine getting a small group of friends together and paying uh less than five dollars a ticket to own the theater to see the original Toy Story? Or you can or you can have it in your house and and, char, and charge. Uh... Yeah, I mean you're not going to get the 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 full theater, theater experience, but right. You know, some movies are just better on the big screen. Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Let's use that as an example. Guardians of the Galaxy on the big screen versus the small screen is a totally different experience. So right. I mean, for for movie people, this would be great for for. Um, uh, small groups of friends wanting just something to do to not to have out. to be home right to get out for less than five dollars a person you can have an entire private showing of of guardians of the galaxy i'm in right right yeah and that's i guess yeah that would because that it's because it's a controlled environment right you know right. the people that you're inviting you mm -hmm. don't have to worry about who's going to be there who's around you you know who's going to be there yeah, it's a it's a it's a controlled environment. That's right. Very different than just going to a movie. Right. And I'm 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 good with that. It's interesting. Yeah, I, again, my where I'm at, I'm in Hamilton in New Jersey. It's yeah, I we, I go there, we've gone there over the past few months actually. We haven't gone there my wife and I and pretty much anyone that I know hasn't gone there in in about a year or so. Um but I'm not going to spend because it's the nearest one is in West Windsor, so that's about maybe 25, 30 minutes away. So I can see, you know, going if I were to have 20 of my closest friends, but also my 20 closest friends <laughs> wouldn't watch a movie from <laughs> 20, 30 years ago when they can, you know, watch it from home. But there are some movies like, for example, which I, you know, I, I'm, I will admit freely and willingly right now, that I have never seen Star Wars from start to finish. So something like that. Sure. Absolutely. absolutely yes. Or, I would or like I'm looking, I'm looking right now. Uh, one of my local theaters, uh, I could rent on Sunday and watch Goldfinger. You know, a James Bond film on the big screen, again, is one of those things that's different than on the small screen. But yeah, I wouldn't watch Toy Story. Uh, but I mean, if you got a family uh, or a neighborhood with a lot of kids, maybe maybe you can justify that. <laughs> you just gave me, and you just gave me an idea for movie night um, for me um, a couple of weeks at my house. So okay, good. All right, I was thinking about doing that. <laughs> so you had me on on my right right uh, right track of mind. Okay, cool. All right, so now I got to think about that. All right, yeah. Um, it's an interesting idea. It's definitely not aimed at everybody. No. Um, but you know, when you look at the price and compare it to a a movie ticket, which is something a normal movie ticket, which is something that Avery and I talk about a lot. Um, mm. you know, it's it's I mean, for me here for sure, it's less than a normal movie ticket. Um, it might be closer to the same for Avram, where a ticket is closer to 15 bucks a ticket. Um, right, right, right. Uh, but I mean, even then, that if it's fifteen dollars a ticket, it's three hundred dollars for 20 people, it's 350. Mm -hmm. It's a little over but again you don't have kids texting in front of you <laughs> right exactly but and if you do, do if you do they're yours and you can hit them <laughs> right <laughs> and also too and i kind of like uh, let everyone on a little secret 
sneak the popcorn or not sneak the popcorn but sneak snacks in because that's what my wife and i did if you we do watching. that if you do that um make sure that you take um the trash back out with you because yep. employees can get in trouble and even potentially lose their jobs for not catching you yeah that's so, what take the trash with you yeah, I don't so have any it. problem with taking food into the theater. Just make sure you take the stuff back out with you. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> no, we do that. No, we do that. We we literally like hide. Um, we don't we don't have like a big, you know, garbage bag, but we have like small. <laughs> I don't, we don't eat that much, <laughs> but um, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot cheaper because the, the concession stands. It's like, you know, candy bars and things of that nature. They're spending additional you know, tw- uh, 10 to $20, you know, in addition to the popcorn and, but yeah, so my, yeah, that's, so yes, definitely, you know, if you're going to take it out, make sure to keep it hidden and, you know, have little baggies and then t- throw it out in the trash. On uh on family guy, mayor West brought creamed corn to the movie theater. Oh, gee. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. Adam West was the best. Uh, yeah, but he was. He'll be. He'll be. Um, he'll be sadly missed. All right. Other video news. Well, not will be other video news. Oh my god, my whole my must. Oh, no. I suck. We're going. We're going from movies to Warner. You're good. Okay. Well, actually, no. I I killed it. Um. Oh, did you? Yeah, well, I did. Never mind. I don't know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> no, I was. I killed it because it's a very. Never mind. <laughs> I'll tell you later. Um, Hassan Minaj, formerly the host of the now canceled Netflix talk show Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj, will have a major recurring role in the second season of Apple TV. Apple TV Plus um, hit the morning show. Some people think that was not a hit, but um, according to Deadline, he will play, quote, he'll play Eric, a charismatic rising star who joins the morning show team. Um, his, uh, his Minaj's role follows Netflix August cancellation of the comedy, his comedy news talk show, which after two years and six seasons In quotes comedy show, right? <laughs> um, in appearing on the morning show, Minaj will be joining, um, a star to the cast that includes Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell. Apple hasn't released a date. Uh, release date for the second series of the season. Uh, series. Um, I saw Patriot Act. To be honest, I liked it. Um, I mean, it has some good and bad moments. But, sure, but, like any show. I yeah. I didn't get. I I tried it a couple of times, and I didn't enjoy him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think his voice annoyed me. Mm. That might have been enough. <laughs> uh. But that's, uh, sometimes that's enough for me to be like, all right, I can't do this. Right. No, I, I caught the first season and in the la- and the second season, I didn't really, I didn't really find appeal appeasing, but appealing, but also too, in the same token, from what I understand, I think we talked about the morning show a while back um, where they had some hit and hit and miss reviews. Um, yeah. So. It wasn't great. Yeah, it wasn't the show that the promos suggested it was going to be. Right, you're right. You're right. And on, honestly, I think I think uh, Apple made a mistake in casting um, uh, Steve Carell as a theoretical villain. Mm. Um, uh, he he plays a good one in 
cartoon form, but as a human being, I think I think after Michael Scott, I think Steve Carell is too beloved to be able to to play somebody who is is universally hated. And mm-hmm. so I, I think it was a casting mistake. Jennifer Aniston does a great job. Reese Witherspoon does a decent job. But I think Steve Carell was a poor casting and that screwed things up as much. I think he should be in everything. I love Steve Carell. I think in this role, he was wrong. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it. I have to look up to check. I have to check it out. I still didn't see it, but I, it's, it's I heard decent. Okay, it's decent. Um, it don't go into it expecting it to be a comedy because it is not. Um, right. Which Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston, and Steve Carell in a TV show together, and it's not a comedy, seems mm-hmm. like a the biggest slap in the face possible. Okay. <clears throat> um, since they're all known for for their funny shows and movies <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to do serious stuff together was a weird move. But, mm. you know, if you go into it knowing that it's, it's a social justice story about, about dealing with the fallout of potentially realistic and potentially libelous um, sexual harassment accusations. Essentially it's the story of Matt Lauer. Okay. Oh, okay. It's the story of Matt Lauer. Um, if there was a possibility that it wasn't a true story, which with Matt Lauer, there was no possibility. He had a button under his desk that locked the his office from the inside. Right. But <laughs> there's no way that's a fake story. No, everybody has always known that Matt Lauer was creepy. Um, but if you take that idea and and add to it, you know the the controversy over how easy it is to get somebody fired with making a false accusation. That's the show. So if you go into it knowing what you're about to watch, it's pretty Mm -hmm. decent. If you go into it thinking, yay, Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell, you're going to be disappointed. Okay. (laughs) All right. That's good. That's a good TV tip because I, I, I didn't, I heard of the reviews and I didn't think it was a comedy. I thought, and I think we talked about before. It's not the one I liked when I know you mentioned to me about was the newsroom. It's not the newsroom. Um, So no, it it tries to take on the serious tone of the newsroom without accomplishing it. Okay. Okay. Because nobody okay. can write that story like uh, Aaron Sorkin. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> Sorry about, about that. All right. Very good. All right. And finally, this is on the other side of the spectrum of um, not food-related not anything well i would say this is maybe might be weird um and i didn't know this apparently there were now there ha, there's always been luxury phones and i didn't know there was a company called virtu really oh they're one of my favorite companies of all time oh, okay I, I because know they're, they're bonkers <laughs> okay <laughs> um well this was from from what this is from nokia's ultra premium division and um, there is a uh, one of their former um, design chief, um, Hutch, Hutch Hutchinson, uh, has founded a company called Eggsor. And it's, it's spelled X-O-R, pronounced Eggsor. Some of these company names are just like really like bizarre beyond belief. Yeah. And that's <laughs> the reason why I don't do what Todd does. And I make the guests at CES introduce themselves and their company. Right. Because- Stupid stuff like this pops up. Exactly. 
Um, so they're coming out. The company this is not available in the U.S. This is overseas. It always is. Uh, right. Um, so the 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 company's new first handset or luxury phone is the Eggs Soar Titanium, um, because apparently it has a titanium chassis. Um, now get this: it only offers calling over two G and three G, and text messages. That's it. There's also an air quality sensor. <laughs> Whoopee. Um, supposedly, right. supposedly, it's coming with um, active noise cancellation, and each handset supports wireless charging. Um, the um, Also, this is basically, it's either... The the money the money equivalent is three thousand pounds or three thousand nine hundred forty two dollars. Um, supposedly this is coming out. Supposedly coming out this year, the Exor Titanium will arrive sometime in the first quarter of twenty twenty one for around three thousand pounds or three thousand. $900. And if you guys are watching the uh, live video right now, I'm going to bring up the the phone. And if you're watching live, I'm going to zoom in. Whoop, 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 whoop. And whoop, there we go. Okay, if you're watching the live video, this is the phone. And if you're watching it listening on audio, um, it's an, I guess it's an ad. Where is a it woman? Is a can it's a candy bar candy phone. Bar. <laughs> And yeah, titanium. All if you're listening on audio, it, I'm showing a picture of an ad, or I guess an ad for a woman's right hand with with nail polish on a car da dash with the gear stick here. Yeah, and that's what it looks like. And I'm scrolling up, and this what it looks like in the front. <laughs> so yeah. Um, three thousand pounds or uh three thousand dollars, or three uh yeah three thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. So anybody who knows anything about Virtu, um, okay, good. Because you have to school me because I never heard of it. <laughs> if if you're not aware of this bonkers company, um, and it really is. It it started as a division of Nokia, um. Right long ago and they took phones like the the n95 and the um the engage and things like that and they would cover them in gold and diamonds and weird just weird unnecessary nonsense and it's it's what prompted a couple of other companies to get started and a lot of them got started from people within uh virtu of doing like the the um the lamborghini licensed phones and the the company that puts diamonds on iphones and sells them for 40 grand and really you only have to sell one and <laughs> made your money back um but Virtu started all of that nonsense. Um, they stopped doing Nokia phones. They started do other, doing other things for a while. There were some BlackBerry ones from them, but then they started making their own phones. And uh, obviously that's where the interest got lessened. 
because who cares about some no-name company you want an iPhone with diamonds? I mean, obviously, don't we all? Um, So it's not surprising that somebody would leave this weird thing and create another identical weird thing. Because I mean that's that's what we're talking about. I think I think the Virtu signature. Um, I'm trying to think. The last time I saw like a legitimate price on one, I think I remember it being in a similar price range. Like you have to find them in boutique stores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody has prices. Like you have to contact them. That. It's all so freaking weird. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like that's going to be the same case with this other company, which is just Virtu 2, with <laughs> an equally dumb name. Well said. And dumb name being, that it was a separate company called Exor. And, but also would find me odd is that if you're <laughs> with a luxury, luxury phone, you know, wouldn't you like, you know, like, like I said, diamonds, but it's only 2G and 3G calling and text messaging and that's it. And you're lucky if it's going to charge. I mean, that's like... Isn't it weird that there's a phone with 2G calling and Qi wireless charging? Isn't that a bizarre pairing of features? (laughs) Yep. I don't even know what to do about this. The thing looks strange mm-hmm. um there there's like like the the front it has buttons which alone is weird i think we anybody who watched parks and recs parks and rec remembers aziz ansari seeing ron swanson's phone and going "Ooh, is that buttons gross <laughs> and that's i mean there you go this mm-hmm. thing has buttons it is absolutely designed after like a, a 2005 candy bar phone. Mm. Um, but nothing's labeled because my guess is those are all individual little screens uh, above those buttons that turn on. Mm. I would bet money that above each one of those, your number buttons uh, where you can't see the numbers. I bet those are all LCD screens. <laughs> mm. They're yeah, trying to right. justify the stupid $4,000 price. Right. <laughs> yeah. This, I, is, I, this is a $25 AT&T Go phone <laughs> that has been souped up beyond belief. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is a track phone on no. steroids. No. <laughs> and it's shiny. <laughs> it's titanium, so it'll survive reentry. Right there, you go. There you go. There you so go. Dumb. <laughs> and that's why this is the. And that's why this is the odd. This is the, the final segment. There you go. No food this week. Nothing related to food. No McFlurry um, machine. Um, nothing. I, you know, working on the working on the the rundown. You know, and I'm like, you know what? What the hell? <laughs> is the back of it leather? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Look at that. (laughs) (sighs) Yep. It's so dumb. (laughs) But I think that might be a MacBook Pro right there. (laughs) 
So there you go. Okay. Well, yeah, they know who their target demo is. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a MacBook. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right. Interestingly, well, the reflection of the computer on the desk is not of the same computer that is on the desk mm-hmm. because that has a USB port uh, in the wrong place and an HDMI port in the wrong place. Those are not the same computer. Why? Why is the reflection a photo of another computer? <laughs> and that leaves us guessing. And that will leave us. <laughs> and that is the uh, very brief uh, tech news for this week. And I apologize for Scott for killing that one story because it's long and and the other one was really, really long. So, <clears throat> okay. Anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. With that, that is the tech news for this week for Friday, November 13th, 2020. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Show notes from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. Also, be sure to check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com. And be sure to tune in Mondays and Thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com forward slash live for the Geek New Central podcast, and then be sure to watch and tune in at gncweekly.com slash live Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So please be sure to like and subscribe to the GNCWIR channel on YouTube. Also, make sure to click on a bell and select always for notifications so you will not miss the next episode, especially the intros and all the other foibles that happen this evening. <laughs> or be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to tune in with Scott and Adrian Pelch on F5 Refreshing Technology Sunday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern at f5live.tv slash join us. I'm on at Twitter. I'm on Twitter. I'm at Kirk Corliss. <laughs> Scott is at Triple T M A B O. Till next episode of GNC. Re- before I let you go, real quick. Yep. I have been uh I've been trying out Parlor, uh, the new social network. Just because I'm curious about it. Uh, if you're on Parlor, uh, my account is the same. <laughs> Triple okay. T M A B O. Uh, follow me over there because I'm exploring this this weird Twitter replacement. It's very interesting. And that was discussed about on on Todd's episode. Um, so I'm going to do that uh, when you get off here. All right. Uh, <laughs> until the, until next time, uh, the GNC Week in Review podcast. So long.